Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about harvest safety with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Also, we'll get an update on the situation in Haiti. And up first in today's country comment, we'll check in with Keystone Agricultural Producers and talk about their priorities heading into next month's federal election. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Keystone Agricultural Producers has released a list of priorities heading into next month's federal election. I chatted with Communications and Government Relations Coordinator, Graeme Schellenberg. Well, you know, we know that producers face a lot of uncontrollable economic and production risks each year. And and we've been hearing that, uh, you know, business risk management programs in their current form need need some adjustments. And... Uh, you know, CAP's view is that BRM programs with some adjustments uh, can be effective uh, as a support for the industry. Really, we're focused on ensuring, and, and this kind of uh, aligns well as, as the, uh, the next policy framework discussions continue, we really think that programs should enable producers to strategically manage those risks. Most importantly, they need to be predictable, stable, and timely. And that's really what we're looking for uh, from the next federal government and as these these consultations continue. The second one here um, being the role of producers as environmental stewards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we we think that producers, uh, and this is timely as the drought continues, producers are environmental stewards and they implement sustainable farming practices. And we know that our farm resiliency to climate change is going to require efforts from producers to mitigate those impacts. And what we're looking for is that continued recognition of the work, uh, the ecological goods and services that producers are providing. Um, and, and really, as we go forward, incentive-based programming is going to be crucial here. Um, you, you know, the implications, the financial implications of these projects are often significant. So... There's a real role for, for everyone to play here in order to, uh, you know, to continue to do that, that programming that does contribute and, and that does help mitigate climate change. And talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, um, economic development and mm-hmm. um, what you'd like to see there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, it, it's kind of a multi-pronged approach when it comes to economic development. It's, it's really crucial, as we know, both to rural residents and farm families uh, really what we're looking for is governments to consider and, and address the unique needs of rural families and rural rural Manitobans. And that includes infrastructure, rural connectivity, including broadband and cellular networks, uh, short-line railway funding, and, and child care accessibility. And we really think that these are going to be some crucial uh, items for, uh, you know, continued economic development that uh, a future government is, is going to need to look at. And the uh, the last one here, something that's, um, you know, always important, uh, public trust in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is timely, Corey, as, as the drought continues. You know, producers are proud of what they do, and, and I think the drought has highlighted the need uh, to continue to advance public trust in the agriculture and agri-food industry. Um, you know, it's more than consumers wanting to know where their food comes from. They're, you know, there's there's a, a real conversation that needs to happen, and um, you know, our hope is that as the election campaign continues, we can continue to engage with uh, consumers and, and Canadians alike uh, to discuss the need and the connections. Um, you know, there's, there's concerns as we go forward here with food security and uh, food prices and other things. And 
uh, you know, there's, there's a real role here for agriculture to educate uh, consumers on what's going on and, and how these things connect to their daily lives. And so we're working with our partners at CFA and, and other organizations to do that, and it's, it's really top of mind for us. Uh, building public trust is, is really key going forward for the industry. All right. Uh, Graham, any, any final thoughts for, for members or listeners as we head towards the election? You know, I, I know CFA has an election, uh, uh, an election uh, debate coming up here. And uh, certainly, you know, if, if people are hearing from their candidates, ask them what their plan for agriculture is. And, uh, you know, get involved and have those conversations. This is, is coming at a timely point for, for everyone here in Western Canada. And, and it's really important to talk about these things. So uh, that would be my message. That was Graham Schellenberg with Keystone Agricultural Producers. He's the group's communications and government relations coordinator. Graham was outlining the group's election priorities heading into the election taking place next month. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Grain Growers of Canada is outlining its priorities heading into next month's federal election. Executive Director Aaron Garlick. I think that this year provides an excellent example of the shortcomings of one of the more important programs, and that is agri-stability. Agri-stability has fallen woefully short of the level of support required for farmers, especially those who have been impacted by the drought across the prairies. And so we've been calling on the federal government to increase the overall funding envelope for agri-stability and make changes to the program that make sense for grain farmers. We need to see a return to the 2013 levels, for example, and we need to see a return to the 85% trigger point within agri-stability. The full list of election priorities can be found on Grain Growers' website. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving an update on the crops in this week's bean report. Here's production specialist Cassandra Kochik. Soybeans are mainly at the R6, or the full seed stage right now. And the most advanced soybean crops are approaching R7, which is the start of maturity where we see yellowing of the lower leaves. We see leaf drop and some pod color change. Driving crops range from R8 to R8.5, which is early to mid-maturity. And also at these stages for driving crops, we see lower leaves turning yellow, leaves dropping, and the seeds within the pods are starting to show their true bean colors. She says most pea crops in the province have been harvested. And the Manitoba government has extended the application deadline for Ag Action Manitoba Assurance Beneficial Management Practice to October 1st from September 1st. The Ag Action Manitoba Program Assurance under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership helps agricultural producers protect ground and surface water sources. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, August 19th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get an update on the situation in Haiti. On Saturday, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake hit the southern region of Haiti, with the latest numbers indicating that almost 2,000 lives have been lost. The earthquake caused widespread destruction of homes and buildings in the area. Also this week, tropical depression Grace made landfall, causing further damage, flooding, and hardship for those with no shelter after the earthquake. I got an update from Matthew Van Geest. He's the program manager with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. So the earthquake happened on Saturday morning, just about five days ago. It's still early days. Um, lots of organizations trying to get an, a, an, a good assessment of the situation. Um, it's pretty dis- 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 
dispersed in terms of East Texas, uh, mostly rural areas, um, some small towns, all in the southern region of Haiti. But we do know that um, over 2,000 people have been have died, have been declared dead already, um, and lots of homes uh, destroyed, schools, churches, hospitals, etc., medical centers have been affected by this earthquake. Our role will be to yeah, coordinate with our 15 member organizations here in Canada who are actively um, finding ways to, to get involved now, do, like I said, doing assessments with their local partners. Um, many of our members will be doing immediate responses uh, you know, with shelter or water, um, medical support, and then Grants Bank will come in um, a little later on in terms of uh, food long-term, mid, mid-term and long-term food response. I understand you uh, spent some time in, in Haiti and still have um, some friends there. Yeah, my wife and I moved to Haiti in 2004, and we were there for around eight or nine years, including during the 2010 earthquake. People will probably, probably remember that uh, very significant earthquake, um, in fact, much more serious than, than this one in terms of loss of life, uh, not to downplay uh, this one, of course. But yeah, we lived in Haiti for eight or nine years, have lots of friends and uh, family. So Saturday morning, I was spending a lot of time trying to reach out to people just to get a sense of um, how everyone was. Um, how their families were. Um, our daughter is adopted from Haiti. We adopted her when she was an infant while we were living there. She's now 15. Um, her birth family is from that region, so we've been trying to get information on, on them. Unfortunately, we haven't had, had news yet. We have some people trying to reach out um, on our behalf. But yeah, so it's, it's very personal for us, for sure. That was Matthew Van Geest, Program Manager with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, giving us an update on the situation in Haiti. The organization is looking for donations to help with the situation. Continuing on today's program, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser talks about managing pasture stress with Kelly Cochran, a range management extension specialist with Saskatchewan's Ministry of Agriculture. Pasture stress can be caused by a number of factors, but a significant factor this year we're seeing is the dry conditions, the drought conditions throughout much of the province. The limited moisture is reducing forage yields available for, for much of the livestock. Um, but with uh, proper pasture management, it can help uh, offset some of the effects of drought. It's not a magic bullet, but it can aid in pasture or haylands recovery when moisture conditions are more favorable. Uh, one way to help manage a pasture is to monitor growing conditions in each field uh, throughout the year. Um, with forage resources, uh, for livestock becoming limited in some areas, there may be a need to increase grazing pressure. However, it is important to try to maintain a grazing forage height of four inches to six inches. This will help limit the stress the plant endures and studies have shown that plants will recover more quickly the following year. Um, Leaving the four to six inches of forage height uh, will also help preserve last year's dead plant material, also known as litter. This litter is important to help uh, regulate soil moisture by capturing and holding snow melt and rain. It also helps reduce soil temperature. Removing or grazing too much litter has been shown to enhance drought conditions. So if grazing intensity is not managed, the forages can become thin or bare soil can occur. And this can lead to delayed forage recovery the following year and increase the potential for weed encroachment under favorable moisture conditions. Um, increased weed density can reduce available forage either through livestock avoidance or 
reduction in grasses. So what type of weeds could we see increasing? The weeds that may increase will depend on your area. A noxious perennial weed like Canada thistle or undesirable forages such as pasture sage could increase. Under heavier grazing pressure, pasture sage can increase in a field and compete for soil nutrient and moisture with the grasses. Um, also be aware of noxious biennial weeds such as common burdock. Uh, the first year growth uh, will just be vegetative, so there'll be no seed production, but the next year you'll see the flowers and the seeds will develop, which could increase their spread. So what can be done to control these weeds? As I mentioned, monitor the growing conditions in your field. Try to limit heavy grazing pressure to give the grasses a better chance to compete with weeds when moisture conditions return. Herbicides can also be used, but refer to the Saskatchewan Guide to Crop Protection for registered products for the specific weeds you have. Remember, herbicides work best on actively growing plants. Dry conditions can stress the targeted plants and the herbicides may not be as effective. Final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with producers today? Just like to say the Ministry of Agriculture is working hard to support producers in these trying times. We have 10 regional offices throughout the province able to provide information on things such as alternative feed strategies, crop and pasture management, and assist with interpreting water and feed testing results. You can call our local regional offices or try the Ag Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. And remember, if you need additional support, the Farm Stress Line is available at 1-800-667-4442. I've been talking with Kelly Cochran. Kelly is a Range Management Extension Specialist for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting a webinar on mental health well-being that will take place August 24th at 7 p.m. You can register on the Manitoba Beef Producers website. And the Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format for August 31st to September 2nd. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, we're joined now by Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Harvest is uh, a little bit early across the prairies this year, and we thought it would be a great idea to um, launch our first annual uh, Be Grain Safe Week, partly because of that, but uh, just uh, to raise more awareness uh, across our uh, our listenership or our membership um, just to get these resources and um, awareness spread. What are some things that farmers should should keep uh, you know top of mind here as uh, as they get going? Yeah of course there's some uh, typical hazards associated with harvest time. Of course we have long hours, we have a hectic pace, uh, we have personal stresses and stressors. Uh, and uh, distractions in our own personal lives. Uh, and that's not including the weather conditions that uh, often come around uh, at harvest time as well. So um, part of that is uh, we need to stay alert and keep focused on the task at hand.
With the dry conditions this year, does fire become more of an issue with, with some of this, uh, you know, larger machinery? Or? Yeah, for sure. Potentially uh, with the heat and drought conditions on the prairies, um, combine fires would be the uh, first thing we think of with the, uh, the conditions at harvest time. So, you know, just some usual tips about uh, making sure the uh, equipment is kept clean, uh, inspected before use. Um, and maintained during harvest time or prior to harvest time actually would be the best. Uh, that way it's ready to go and uh, we know it should not break down. And what about um, fire extinguishers? That's, I guess, probably a good idea to have those on board as well. Definitely. Uh, yeah, would uh, strongly recommend that you have a fire extinguisher readily available and in good operating order on all equipment or at least, again, readily available for, you know, the dry conditions are, are, tend to uh, exacerbate the issue, of course. Any other thoughts on, on uh, Bee Grain Safe Week or, uh, you know, on safety here? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so just some general tips that uh, producers can uh, do at harvest time. Uh, of course, with that hectic pace and long hours, we want to make sure we try to plan ahead before it's go time. Uh, again, we want to stay alert and focused on the tasks at hand by getting enough sleep, eating well, and staying hydrated. We want to maybe take the time to dry product before putting it into storage. I know this year we probably won't have that problem across the prairies, but out east uh, in Ontario, they're getting quite a bit of rain out there, so want to factor that in as well. Strongly would recommend that we uh, develop and implement uh, an emergency response plan on your farm to train yourself and your employees and family on how to respond to emergency situations. Again, going back to that fire situation, uh, we'd want to know how to respond to that. And in general, just a couple quick tips is um, talk about safety on a regular basis with people on your farm. Uh, the more we talk about it, the more people become aware and it just becomes the way that things are done. And uh, we also want to lead by example. So wear the proper personal protective equipment, follow safe work practices and procedures at all times. All right, Rob, and where can people go for more information? Yeah, you can go to our website. That's CASA, uh, C-A-S-A hyphen A-C-S-A dot C-A. And again, our Be Grain Safe page has our Be Grain Safe Week um, information and resources on our website. That was Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving a crop update in this week's bean report. Here's production specialist Cassandra Kochik. Most pea crops in the province have been harvested by now, with only a few crops left standing waiting for harvest. And faba beans are at the R6, or the beginning maturity stage, in fields that received better moisture throughout the season. And faba beans in the drier regions are already at the R7 to R8, or mid to full maturity stages. She notes soybeans are mainly at the full seed stage. And Grain Growers of Canada is outlining its priorities heading into next month's federal election. Here's Executive Director Aaron Gowerlich. We have fallen behind, and overall agriculture research has declined over the years. So we're calling on the governments to invest in ag research at a level matching about 2% 
of farm cash receipts. That would be up from about 1.3% of farm cash receipts, which is where we sit now. This conversation has become really important right now, especially in light of the drought. I think that's the best way for us to make this connection to urban politicians and to consumers, Canadians across the country. The full list of election priorities can be found on the Grain Growers website. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an insect update from provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.